Given the new realities presented by the pandemic for social distancing, for delivery, and because of an increased use of e-commerce, we're reminded of a remarkable interview that we had last year. Perhaps it would be useful for you to hear it again. And if you haven't heard it, it definitely is worth a listen. And it's all about the possibilities presented by drones. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, I'm Yeriv Bash, co-founder and CEO of Flytrex. And what I love about retail is the, uh, well, let's put it that way. My wife says that I like to collect junk. And that's the ability to pay a few bucks and get junk from all over the world directly to your uh, doorsteps. There's always a package waiting for me. Uh, there's a website called aliexpress.com and you just, for a few bucks, you can get just junk delivered to your doorsteps. So there are always a few packages on, in route to my, to my house. Drones. There's been a lot of talk about drones and how they can impact retail in a profound way. It seems inevitable that you'd be able to get a package delivered by Amazon or UPS from your friendly neighborhood drone. And that's not all. What about drone delivery on demand? You could order something from a local retailer or restaurant and have it delivered in minutes to your very own backyard. Well, a company from Iceland is doing just that, and it's closer to being a reality than you may think. Coming up, the co-founder and CEO takes us through what's on the horizon, and we talk through many of the obvious public questions and concerns on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas. Oh, and if you're thinking this is a bit of a moonshot, you might find it interesting that he also founded an Israeli space company with a mission to the moon. So moonshots are kind of his business. You're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Recorded on location. Yariv, thank you so much for joining me at Shop Talk in Las Vegas. I'm uh, really, Well, I know you didn't come to Shop Talk just for this interview, but while you're here, I'm glad you're spending some time with us on Fashion Is Your Business. Uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. All right. How about we start with this? Um, tell me what Flytrex, we'll get into what that's about and, and, and what your journey is and so forth in a moment. Why is Flytrex here at Shop Talk? You gave a presentation why was Shop Talk interested in what you had to say as it relates to the mission of Shop Talk? Um, so, in a nutshell, you can call that instant gratification. And we think that's going to be the, the future of retail. Uh, your ability to sit in your pajamas in your house and receive almost everything you can order almost as fast as you can order it from your cell phone and get it without getting out of your pajamas or even tipping anyone. And drones are going to fulfill that in the future of retail. So let me ask you a question on that because I'm, I'm genuinely interested. And, and I want to uh, preface this by saying I, I'm not casting a shadow on your business. Is this a good idea? Meaning how much do we want to support people getting lazier and lazier and needing things faster and faster 
versus getting them to engage and walk into brick and mortar stores or to go out into the world. Do we really, is this, is what you're doing? I guess really what my question is, is your business answering something people are clamoring for? Or is this one of those things that they won't know they wanted it or needed it till they got it, and now we gave it to them, and now they're in a new reality? I think it's the latter. Uh, once you see your neighbors getting his hamburger in 15 minutes or his new T-shirt, uh, you're going to try the service that night or the day after. And once you can get stuff as, as fast as you can order them, why wait for next day delivery? That's the past. All right, so this may be a good point. Uh, unpack a little bit for me mm -hmm. what Flytrex is about. So uh, I'll tell you how it works from the, uh, from the user side. Let's say you're sitting at your house. And in my pajamas. In your pajamas, exactly, and you'd like to order a, a, a taco. Uh, Flytrex set up shop in, a, in a, a nearby shopping center. And the way that it works is that you open up our app, you order your taco, you don't have to do a thing that you're not accustomed to. You just input your home address and your credit card number, and we take care of the rest. Uh, we have local franchises. Our local partner then orders the food from the restaurant using our platform, picks it up from the shopping mall, walks 100 feet to where the, uh, the drones are at, loads the, uh, the package on the drone, and five minutes later, it's above your, uh, your backyard. Uh, the way that it works, we, we never land in your backyard. It's too noisy. It's it's uh, it's a hazard. I don't want you touching my drones, and my, and you don't want to touch my drones. So the way that we do that is we hover 50, 60 feet above your backyard, and then we lower the package on a wire to the ground. And if you even if you try to pull the wire, all you get is a wire. This thing has to be really idiot proof on 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 both sides. All right. So the first thing that comes to me is questions. Uh, I, I'm excited about this in some ways because it's cool. It's the future, it's drones, all that stuff. But obviously there's friction here from acceptance. So the questions that immediately come to mind, which I know you're constantly fielding and I, I like to cover them. One is, uh, interference with aircraft, uh, interference with traffic, uh, just creating flying things around, how mm -hmm. it distracts drivers and safety issues there, one. Two, do these drones have any type of camera apparatus on them? And when it shows up at my house, who's observing the data of what's happening in my backyard or looking through my windows and, and, uh, and whether or not I sign off on those privacy things? Are we not opening an entire new world of, quote, Big Brother? And then the third question, we can we can go back through these. I don't yeah. expect you to remember all of them. And the the third the, the third the third thing I have is is how are you dealing with liability issues? Mm -hmm. The drone suddenly fails, drops, hits my kid on the head, kills him in the backyard. You guys are in a lot of trouble. So, so let, let's all these the things are extreme, yeah. Yeah. and I know I'm not painting the real picture of what your business is. So these are the things I think are going to no, be no, on we, people's we minds. We get a lot of those questions. Great. So let's we, cover those and so get them out of the way. Sure. And then so get excited. We started with hitting other airplanes, and we're today working with the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, in North Carolina. We're piloting our technology. And part of that is making sure that we do not interfere with anyone else. Now, I'm a company. I work in a, in a regulated way, and I work together with the regulators. It's very different than a, a, a private person who buys a consumer drone and does whatever he wants with it. 
uh, I'm, I'm liable and, and that's why I'm, I work very hard with the FAA to make sure that our skies stay safe. And it doesn't matter if it's in, in the States or somewhere else, regulations are a bit different, but regulators care about you not hitting other airplanes or no one on the ground. Uh, that's why we also use uh, drones that have multiple rotors. We've got six rotors. If one of them fails, the drone just comes back home. We've got three GPS receivers, six batteries, and if any, everything else... So many else, redundancies. Exactly, but if all of those fail, we also have an independent parachute triggering system that triggers the parachute and cuts the powers to the motors, so you won't even get lacerations from the air propellers. How do you... Sorry to, to interject, but mm-hmm. this is a good point for it. Um, as the acceptance and um, deployment of drones increases as other companies get into this, as, as, as you succeed, there's going to be a lot of drone traffic. Mm-hmm. And how are you guys going to be able to avoid just colliding with another drone that's coming from another direction? So that's another thing we're currently piloting in North Carolina, and that's a connection to a UTM, an unmanned traffic management system. Uh, which then receives data from all the different companies and their drones, because we're going to have different delivery drones. Maybe there's going to be a, a police drone in the air or a bridge inspection drone. So this may become a sort of um, licensing issue where, a uh, regulated issue where in order to legally operate a drone business, drone-related business, mm-hmm. you must be pushing your traffic through this, uh, this system. Exactly. It's like air traffic control for manned airplanes. Gotcha. Okay. So anyway, um, so that that's one one that's issue one which you've addressed. Thank you. Um, then, oh, then we another, have another thing regarding safety. Yeah, we focus mainly on the suburbs, <clears throat> and over the suburbs, I can fly ninety five percent of the time above trees or open areas. So really, if everything to fails, including my parachute, I, I'll most likely crash in an open area, and it would be my problem and nobody else. So. Uh, then the the problem of being over my yard and mm-hmm. a sudden failure, uh, the, the very, very high probability is in the unlikely event that happens, um, in, 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 in the un- unlikely event, my six-year-old uh, pulls the wire and somehow mm-hmm. causes the drone to come down to earth, it's very likely the parachute will deploy and reduce the force of that fall. Exactly. And okay. There's actually a new standard for uh, drone parachutes developed in the U.S. I didn't know there was an old standard, so that's good to know. No, there wasn't an old <laughs> okay. one. It's, uh, it's a okay. new one by the ASTM, <laughs> and we intend to follow that to make Great. sure that really there's... Um, I can tell you more than that. Today we're only getting started, and already our third-party liability insurance is already half of what an Uber driver pays for his car. Wow. And we're only getting started. Wow. All right, so uh, then the, the final piece of this that we talked about was the privacy aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, there are actually two more concerns usually. There's the privacy issue and the noise issue. Okay. So with privacy, it's very easy. I don't have a camera on board. I don't have any video feed. Uh, our operators, uh, I don't want them to, to really navigate the drone. They don't have a joystick. There's no virtual cockpit. We, we do everything on our system. All our, the operator has to do is install a package on the drone and press a green button. So there are no privacy issues. Uh, regarding noise, while we're cruising at 200 feet up in the air, you can't see us and you can't hear us. So we really, we're not a problem to any, any driver on the road. Once we start lowering down above your uh, backyard, it's a bit like a, a car 
passing by, so it's not that much of a, of a, of, of a problem for uh, gotcha. people who live nearby. Great. All right, coming up, uh, we're, now that we've gotten past some of the objections, we're going to talk about how exciting the opportunity that this business is and how it could shape some of the ways that, of what retail could become knowing that instant gratification is possible. Uh, that's up next on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas right after this. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's uh, go on the good side here cool. now. No, <laughs> no, that was all very productive though, because mm-hmm. I know that that's part of the adoption and acceptance yeah, of this of is, is saying, really, everybody, there isn't the issues that you think it is, but I'll talk it through, and that's great it's, that you're. It's more than that. Every delivery that we'll be making by drone, it's less trucks and cars on the road. That's true. That's interesting. So there's there is a real ecological benefit of this because also it's saving lives you've got a million and a half casualties fatalities each year from traffic accidents from car accidents how are you utilizing that very interesting angle um toward um regulatory support as you lobby for that towards uh, obviously acceptance um and and even potentially whether it be investors or grants or whatever mm-hmm. may help you uh, because people believe in what you're doing versus versus the profit and commerce end of things. How does how does that mission play into your success? Uh, I think it's it's important that people recognize that. But at the end, we, we're talking about a benefit for both consumers and retailers. And that's the, the thing that interests most the, the people. How can I get my hamburger faster? How can I, I get my, my next iPhone faster? How do you think this will play into the the, the increasingly growing uh, personalization and, and customization trend in uh, retail, particularly in fashion and beauty and so forth, uh, where I'll be able to say, you know what, I need me a T-shirt that says this right now, uh, you know, that instant gratification. So I say, haha, my brother just said this. I'm going to go online, boop, boop, boop. It goes to a you know it goes to a, a company that can print that within the next hour. Mm-hmm. Drone picks you know gets picked up and it comes to my doorstep. Ha ha ha! You know I've achieved something. I've done a joke. I've rewarded someone. I've uh, solved an issue. Uh, it, it's interesting. Currently, the uh, drone deliveries are very localized. So uh, our current drone, by the way, we do not produce drones. We we just buy them. And we uh, modify them a bit to be able to carry the uh, the payloads. Uh, so currently we can travel, we can do a radius of three miles from point of, uh, okay. of takeoff. So it's basically everything that's in in that shopping mall. Uh, it's not going to be a gotcha a, a t-shirt shop okay. in a different uh, country. Under, of course, that makes that makes sense. Um, do you see that food is going to be a really big focus on this? Uh, yeah, we're, we're starting with food because the uh, a few reasons. First of all, uh, when you're ordering food, you're hungry. So if you can get your food in 15 minutes instead of an hour, that's a huge change for you. 
you're going to get it a lot hotter and, and, and faster. Uh, second, restaurants know how to ship orders really fast. And usually they mm-hmm. don't lack any items in their inventory. And the inventory oh, is pretty, gotcha. pretty low. Uh, moving next to retailers, we will have to educate the market a bit, I think, with, with retailers. Interesting. Uh, how many pounds can these drones carry? So the, the current drone that we're using can carry six pounds. We're currently evaluating one that can carry 10 pounds. Because I'm wondering about food. Mm-hmm. You know, if I order for my whole family, mm-hmm. you know, I order a bucket of chicken and a bunch of this and a bunch of that, are you going to send multiple drones for that? And how does that impact the, the cost uh, to, to carry enough food that's not just a taco? So our deliveries are, are really cheap. I mean, uh, a human courier doing food deliveries in places like New York or San Francisco can make at most two and a half to three deliveries per hour. Once you go to the suburbs, it's at most one and a half deliveries per hour. So it's just not sustainable. A human flight rex operator can make 15 deliveries per hour. So even if I have to do two deliveries to get you your order, mm-hmm. it means that you've made a large order and you've paid a nice amount. So I'm going to I'm, I'm be happy anyway. Now, now, this is interesting to me because I can understand it for food. I completely can understand it for food. I'm thinking about the apparel shop in a mm-hmm. mall. That's what the e-commerce platform is for, is for you to shop a larger inventory and you know you you can also get a ship to where you don't have a mall or mm-hmm. the place is not in your location. Um, but when I do have a brick and mortar location and I do have it in a mall, I want foot traffic. I don't want something ordered on you know a, a whim and and delivered by drone. I would think because you want the person to come in and go. I came in for a sweater, but you know those pants are on sale. I'll get those too. Mm-hmm. Uh, impulse buys are not going to allow for that extra shopping. It's not going to allow them to come in and go to Things Remembered and then walk over to my apparel shop because they it's it's singular thinking about what you want. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you think about that in terms of you know adoption by retailers who don't want to create any friction for walking in their store? I'd say that you have to think about your consumer first because if you want, someone else will and your consumers will go that way. Uh, You can create a similar experience online. Uh, That's not something that we at Flytrex do, but you can create those banners that show all the, uh, you know, the different uh, uh, items on the the store. Uh, Using Flytrex, what you could do is order a few items. They could be delivered within a few minutes to your house. You can then just measure whatever you want. And we're already working on a solution that will enable Mm. returns. So you can basically measure everything you want and and return whatever you don't want within an hour. Kind of makes me think of, uh, I don't know why I just thought of, I don't know if you've seen the movie Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. There's that famous line, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, it's, uh, you know, at, at the end, it's all about the consumers. And if mm. I'm more comfortable sitting in my home, ordering a few shirts yeah. online, measuring them, and, and now I can just return them within the hour. Oh, interesting. Will you do pickups too? Uh, so we have the IP for that. It's planned for uh, a, bit, a bit later. Interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, one last uh, question for you. How did, uh, uh, you're, one of, you're the founder of the company? Yep. 
How did this start? What was the moment when you said, ah, I've got to make this into a company? <laughs> uh, so uh, back in 2013, Amit, who was, uh, is my co-founder, and before that he was my flatmate, uh, started playing with drones, and he uh, knew that I was phasing out of my uh, day-to-day job in a not-for-profit that I started. And he told me, let's play with drones together. And we started playing with drones, and for the first two years, we did GPS trackers, sort of black boxes for consumer drones. We ended up selling 20,000 units in all over the world. It was a nice business. But then we realized that the killer application for drones is going to be drone deliveries. And we started focusing just on that. Uh, that was at the beginning of 2016 or so. Uh, by the middle of 2017, we started real operations above the capital of Iceland in Reykjavik. Wow. Doing deliveries to a a few select uh, public locations. Fine. And this summer, we're supposed to start delivering to backyards all over the city in Reykjavik. How are you going to deal with where you have concentrated areas of consumers like big cities, like New York? I, I, I find it difficult to imagine. And please, you know, school me and tell me I'm wrong. No, I, fi- I, I totally I, agree with you. I find it difficult to imagine that this could function in a place like New York City. I agree, and, and currently we're not focusing on those locations. Uh, major cities have on-demand services. Uh, they, they sort of work. Uh, why go there? Uh, two-thirds of the U.S. population lives in private housings. You've got more than 70 million or roughly 70 million backyards. Most of them don't have real on-demand services, and if they do, they cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd rather focus on that. H- how will you deal with weather issues? Uh, our current drone cannot fly in the rain, for instance, but we're currently the new drone that we're currently uh, looking at can fly in really heavy rains. And I suspect that the drone after that will be able to fly in completely harsh conditions where humans would prefer to stay home. So probably not super strong winds, but mm-hmm. rain and snow and so forth, you should be able to do yep. that. Uh, how will that impede uh, you know, um, signal and you know, GPS connectivity and things like that? Uh, GPS, and we use the cellular network. So GPS and cellular networks are not that impacted by weather. Okay, great. All right, uh, one other thing. Uh, we've uh, covered a lot, and uh, it's been r- very fascinating, Yuri. Thank you very much, and congratulations on your Thanks. success <laughs> so far. And the, the um, I hate to use this word, but the road ahead, or perhaps the path ahead, I should say. I'd like to touch a little bit less on Flytrix and a little bit more on Yareve for some off-the-grid questions. Uh, that's up next on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas right after this. Now here comes a twist. I'm going to share serious tips, challenges, and solutions. I'm 36 years old. I founded 21 companies. I'm an Inc. 500 awardee. One word. Entrepreneur. This is Naked Entrepreneur. It happened to me not once, not twice, three times. This is going to happen. Write it down. With Eli Ostriker. Right now, let me focus on my logo. Focus on the website. You f***ing out of your mind. Are you crazy? Rated R. Listen, it's a podcast. Naked Entrepreneur. And now, it's time for Questions Off the Grid. With fashion is your business. What's your favorite movie that involves flight? Uh, it's a... Good question. I just saw First Man. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. So it was really nice. It's a very different uh, uh, way of looking at the Apollo missions and Neil, uh, mm-hmm. Neil, uh, Neil Armstrong. It, it was really nice. 
before that, good question. I'm not sure about that. Okay, well, that's a good answer. That's flight. Uh, and I'd like to ask you if, um, if you were to go around and do a survey of all of your friends and the people that know you, if someone were to do that, mm-hmm. what would they not find out that very few people know about you um, that would really interest and surprise all of the other people that know you? Uh, not sure about that. That they're going to find out I'm now. Not, I'm, pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty open, so people know me you know, inside out, so uh, not too many secrets. Oh, I'm not looking for secrets. Yeah. I'm just saying it could be that, like, you know, um, but those, I, I always wanted to become a professional badminton player. You know, I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> most of my people know, but most of your audience don't know, but that before Flytrex, I was the CEO and founder of a not-for-profit called Space IL, as in Space Israel. Wow. And as, in, actually, as in space flight. Yeah, we... we no, wonder, up, no wonder First Man interests you. Yeah, we, we ended <laughs> up raising $100 million, and we actually launched our spacecraft a week and a half ago on top of a SpaceX rocket. Holy, are you still connected to the company? Uh, by board meetings, and when the prime minister come over, wow. I, I shake his hand, and we're going to make Israel the fourth nation to land on the moon by April 11th. Get out of town. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Congratulations. Yeah, How you. cool to be talking to you about that. <laughs> this makes this drone schmoan. Let's go yeah, to the moon. Drones, right? yeah. I know, whatever. No, but all kidding aside, very exciting journey you're on. Um, I'd like you to share a final thought uh, or a parting word uh, as you reflect on the things that you're working on and, and how it connects to the potential of retail mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I like to call it the first world problem, and, and really it's, it's about instant gratification. 20 years ago, people would phone and use a catalog to, and, and give their, gave their you know, credit card number on the phone to someone and Two weeks later, presto, you got the package. And today that sounds absurd. I'm hoping that in a few years, thinking about a two-ton truck that has to stop near your house for a two-pound package would sound as absurd as, as you know, phoning in instead of ordering online. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. How can people connect with you and Flytrex? Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can go to our website, flytrex.com. Uh, there's a contact us page there, so feel free to to contact us and we we'll answer you. And that's F L Y T R E X. Exactly. Right, excellent. All right. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Yariv Bosch, this co-founder and CEO of Flytrax. I have a feeling you're going to be um, literally seeing much more of this company in and around your neighborhood someday. Uh, thank you so much, Yariv, and enjoy the rest of Shop Talk. And thank you so much for joining us uh, on location at Shop Talk in Las Vegas. Uh, We so very much appreciate you listening and we'll look forward to sharing another story with you next week. Until then, I'm Mark Rako and have a wonderful day. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.